0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Heating Up Podcast. My name is Tyler. I am one of the hosts. but I also act as a moderator for the other host. On today's episode, I am joined by Will and Jacob as we recap some of the first couple days of free agency and give our opinions on the contracts that were handed out. All right. Obviously, the last couple of days were crazy in the NBA world. There's tons to catch up on. Um, we'll kind of pass over the <laughs> mid-talent kind of guys. We'll go straight to the big names. Uh, this first section, we'll kind of just go name by name. Um, and I'll take your guys' impressions on the team they went to. Does it make them better, worse? Is it a good signing, bad signing? Uh, we'll start with Montrez to the Lakers. Will, I'll start with you. How do you feel about that?
1: Um, I like it. I like the team-friendly deal he, they gave him. And if you had to get rid of Dwight Howard, I think a good defensive anchor is Montrez Harrell. And now with the signing of Marcus Gasol, too, he'd be even better off the bench, I feel, than in the starting lineup.
0: Mm-hmm. Jacob, what's your take on it? Um,
2: I-, I like it. I love the energy he brings onto the court. Though, losing Dwight does hurt, and Montrez can't play a 10 12 minutes at a time or his efficiency continues to go down every minute he does play Mm -hmm. but the contract is very team friendly especially for a player that just came off a six minute a year and is extremely talented
0: my concern for him um, and I guess more so for the Lakers is his lack of defensive effort I'm not sure it's ability because we see him in Louisville he's a defensive monster Um, last year in the playoffs struggled defensively. But I think this segues into the next name. Well, um, Ibaka to the Clippers. Do you think were the Lakers after Ibaka first? Do you think Harrell was first on their list? Um, I mean, personal opinion, I, I think Ibaka is, I don't want to say better than Harrell, but fits more teams better than Harrell does. So again, I'll start with Will. What do you think? Ibaka to the Clippers, good signing. Is he better than Harrell?
1: I think for the Lakers, he'd, he'd have been way better than Harrell Just because when you have LeBron running the court And you have AD controlling the paint You need those big men that can play stretch four And I think that's exactly what Ibaka does He brings a great defensive present, presence with As long with as well as being able to shoot the rock And I think that would have just fit way better than Harrell But you can't really turn down Harrell with the uh, deal they got him on So I'm not like saying it was a bad signing of Harrell But for me, I would have personally picked Ibaka first
0: Mm-hmm. Jacob, what's your take? Uh,
2: yeah, I would have rather have Ibaka, too. Just con- considering, I think, a Ibaka might be the... Um, like, 0.5 of Chris Bosh. Just, Chris Bosh is better in everything. Just a little bit more. And Chris Bosh and LeBron is a scary combination, as we saw in the years in Miami. Mm-hmm. No, it,
0: I agreed. So... So we're all on the page of Montrez is not as good as Ibaka or Montrez just isn't as good of a fit as Ibaka. Yeah, I think he's just not as good
2: of a fit. I think he might have more ability than Ibaka. I just
0: think the Lakers would benefit more from Ibaka. I think
1: it's very close in talent. I think it's very close in talent.
0: Yeah, I I think so too. I think it's interesting that they both have, um, I I think, almost exactly – the same contracts Um, I know they're both two year around 19 million Um, so I I, I just find it interesting and Montrez alluded to in a video I saw today that the Clippers weren't really even interested in bringing him back Um, I'm wondering what the reason for that is and kind of what what was the the thing that made them want to move on from Montrez but going past him we'll we'll move further down the list fred van vliet a lot of people expected him to go to the knicks um i saw some people saying maybe the bulls so staying in toronto will what's your take on that is it good for him that's a big contract
1: yeah i like him and what was it isn't it true that he's the uh, highest paid undrafted free agent of all time mm-hmm. is that right? yeah i like it i really liked what i saw out of, out of him this year and i think this year he proved he can be a second best player on a contending team and um, yeah, the contract's big, but I don't know what other uh, point guards they could have got, so I think sticking with him and giving him that contract is fine
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it it is I think over $20 million a year and I think, and Jacob, I'll go to you in one second, I think this is big for two reasons, yes I do think they overpaid for him Um, but it one, brings back A championship player I mean they have that experience and he was a big contributor to that championship and two is maybe the start of a culture change Um, because historically we see Toronto struggle to retain um, and I don't want to call Fred VanVleet a star player he's kind of like a high third tier kind of guy but they've they've struggled to retain significant players in the past so i think this is one step to doing so jacob what's your take on it good signing for toronto bad signing?
2: yeah I, I like the signing i i don't like the actual contract details i don't like how much they paid for him but he fits well in toronto he's like a he's he's pesky he's like a bulldog he's not gonna go away and he signs in the moment
0: mm-hmm. yeah that, i think that's a, a good summary of him i'm interested to see what other deals um, they made going throughout the season. Moving on again, we've got Wesley Matthews signing with the Lakers. I'm up and down on this one. Will I'm interested to see what your take is.
1: I personally love it. I think, as well as KCP played last year, I think Matthews is just a better KCP. And considering they got him for what was it, three three million dollars a year, mm-hmm. that, is, mm-hmm. that is an incredible deal for him. And I think right now there isn't a role player that won't take a very team-friendly deal to join the Lakers, and I think that's a great thing to have.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I mean, and and I've touched on it on Twitter. Um, When you have a historically, top two historical franchise ever, and then you have a top two player ever on that team currently mixed with um, another top five talent in the league right now, and they're just coming off a championship um, you're going to start getting those, kind of how the, the Warriors did for a while, mm-hmm. um, kind of how Miami did during the Big Three era, how the Spurs did. You're going to start getting these older, good veteran players that have got their money already and are taking smaller contracts just to form a, a great championship team. Jacob, I know you're a Lakers fan. Wesley Matthews, is. my question to you is... Is he better than Danny Green? I know Danny Green gets a lot of hate. I know the contract is definitely better than Danny Green's contract. But just player for player, pound for pound, is Wesley Matthews significantly better than Danny Green? I wouldn't say significantly, but I do
2: think Wesley Matthews at this point in both of their careers is, one, a better defender. I don't think he's a better shooter than Danny is. I know Danny struggled in the playoffs, but throughout the regular season, he was about all we could ask for. And that's Mm -hmm. what we were paying Danny for. But if you're going to struggle in one of the uh, easiest title runs that you could ask for, considering, I mean, Miami lost two of their best players for two games. And he continued to shoot poorly throughout the entire series. And this is without the arena. Um, effects that a normal NBA season and title run would have.
0: Yeah, I, I'll agree on that. Um, I do want to touch, just because I have to defend Miami, while they were both completely out for two games, um, neither one was themselves at all through the entire series. Um, but also, I do agree, I think Wesley may be all around a better defender than Danny Green right now. Danny Green is the better shooter, I think, but we've seen Throughout LeBron's entire career. I mean he will elevate the numbers of Wesley Matthews and maximize um maximize his ability as much as he can. We'll go on to another name. I think this is um maybe one of the most significant changes this season it is Christian Wood to Houston. jay or we'll start with Jacob, yeah. Um what's your take on this? Um I I like it a lot. Um I
2: expect Russ to be gone at least early in the season, if not before the season, which will help their entire team, because if he's going to continue to shoot poorly, horrendously even, having Christian Wood is a good big man, and if you just get a good playmaking guard to capitalize on Christian Wood's
0: capabilities. And he's not a bad shooter either. Christian Wood's can... Um, shoot from almost anywhere. Will, I know you're high on Christian Wood. What's your take on this? Yeah,
1: I think, well, like 20 minutes before this podcast happened, they also signed Cousins. And I think if you are going to lure James Harden to stay with you in any sort of way, they're doing exactly what you need to do. I think Wood was the best big man available this offseason. And I think he can be a top 15 big man in the league. Like after, I believe it was the All-Star game last year, he was averaging points a game. And for that to happen mm-hmm. in Detroit... Like, I know there's no one else to really score there, but I think he was an incredible breakout player. And to get him on such a cheap deal like they did, three years, $41 million, I think that's a steal for them.
0: Well, I, I agree, and I think he is um, just a better... I, I don't want to say carbon copy, but just a better shooting version of Capella. Mm-hmm. And we saw those incredible years of Harden and Capella before they decided to blow that team up for no reason. Um, so, and I, th- I do think it's weird. I, are they... Are they luring Harden to stay? Are they going to make a big trade? I With the Boogie and the Christian Wood thing, um, I think they're both great signings, but you can make both of those signings because you got them both extremely cheap with while retaining Robert Covington, um, who is also great. So I'm wondering, was there bad blood between Covington and Harden or Covington and uh, Russ? I, I don't know, but it just feels weird. If you could have... Covington, Wood, and Boogie, and P.J. Tucker—that just seems I'm great. I don't well know why team. they
1: A very low well yeah. team.
0: So moving on again, we have um, Gallinari going to the Hawks. Um, I. I have mixed feelings on this one, Will. What's your take? I, I
1: think this is one of my favorite signings as of offseason. I think Gallinari fits great in the Atlanta offense. When you can get one of those crafty European players that can give you, you know, 15 points a night, he can do it. He can shoot from just about anywhere. He's just super intelligent. He's he'll be great mm-hmm. for uh, Trey Young. I feel like and getting more shots than just you know pull up threes and stuff like that. So I think this is one of the better signings of the offseason. I think he could also help DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish who Neither of them did. You know, too great last year, but I think learning from him it'll be a big help for those two.
0: Yeah, and before getting Jake's thoughts, how about I mean, we'll just kind of um, throw all the Atlanta guys in there. So Rajon, um, Dunn, most likely Bogdan. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean that the team. I I think Atlanta identified their weakness and did extremely well at fulfilling. Um, Kind of how to how to fix those weaknesses, is that your opinion? Too? I think
1: they could be, yeah. I think they uh you know went after their weaknesses great, but I think they could be a up to like a six seed in the uh, East this year. I think especially with onike getting him in the draft, I think he fits perfectly in there. Rondo is only gonna help Trey Young, and Chris Dunn, I feel like can you know be way better than he was in uh Chicago and Atlanta. And with if, mm-hmm. if as long as the Kings don't match Bogdan, I think him and Gallinari like. It's, you know, it might be an obvious like comparison, but I think those two are going to blend great together with Trey Young. So yeah, I think they mm-hmm. really uh, improved their team a lot this offseason.
0: And Jacob, not to um, get repetitive in the questions, I guess first give me your take on it, and then second, what do you think this implies for the Hawks going forward? Are they going to build solely around Trey Young? because right now they've got a lot of clogging in the front court. So I'm interested, are they gonna be moving on from John Collins? So my question is, do these moves make Atlanta significantly better? And what's John Collins' future?
2: Uh, I, I mean, I think they make them better significantly offensively. They didn't really attack the, the defensive struggles that come with starting Trae Young and some of the other players. John Collins isn't a great defender. But that's where they went after
1: Chris Dunn. That's, I think that's where they uh, improved defensively is with Chris Dunn.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're going to want to play Trey Young big minutes. You're going to want to have your star offensive player play big minutes, and any capable offensive player can take advantage when Trey Young is playing those few minutes to score. Chris Dunn's an, a phenomenal defender, but I don't know great of a combination Chris Dunn and Trey Young are on the court at the same time, which hurts their defense. But then I believe John Collins is most likely going to be let walk. I don't think they are going to attempt to trade him. And I I just don't see him having a, a
0: future in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I do think that the Dunn signing is huge. I was... I don't want to say. Conf- so here's my thing with the the Gallinari trade um, or signing is you you identify that the the Hawks do have a defensive weakness they do get um, done which is huge but I, I think more so their issue is front court defense obviously Trey Young um, is attacked every single possession um, but he kind of balances that out with the offense with the defense or with with the, the forwards in the center. Um, I, I thought that's where Atlanta would attack more. And Gallinari saying he wants to go somewhere where he can contend the money isn't important. Uh, and then he signs with the Hawks, who are going to be approved, and, um, and they're going to be entertaining. But the Hawks aren't winning the championship, and they're surely not winning it next year. So it, it's just a weird signing to me, but we'll move on um, for the sake of time. We'll go to Miami. Um, they're picking up Harkless and Bradley, um, Mo Harkless, Avery Bradley. I personally think this is great. I think we'll maximize um, Harkless's three-point shot. He was the number one three-point defender last year in the NBA. I think Avery Bradley's got Miami Heat culture written all over him. Will, give me what you got. Yeah, um,
1: I love Bradley. Yeah, like you said, Bradley fits the Miami Heat mold to a T. I think last year, say he is in the playoffs. I think maybe that finals only goes to five games. I think he's that big of a game changer when he is in the right role for a contending team. So I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. And uh, with Harkless, I also like that. And the biggest thing with both of them, I've gone to this a few times already, but the very friendly deals they give to both of them, I think that's huge for them. So I think uh, Miami is going to be back up contending again this year after uh, a really impressive year last year that not many people saw coming.
0: Well, yeah, and with and before moving on to Jake, the next person we'll talk about is Jake Crowder going to Phoenix. Um, the re the only, the sole reason Jake Crowder is not back into Miami uniform this year is because he wanted a three year deal. Um, obviously he's in an advanced age. He wants to look at his longevity, make sure he's going to be taken care of. Um, but these Mo Harkless and Avery Bradley deals set Miami up for this quote unquote master plan that they've been planning for two seasons. Now it's going to clear the books. Um, and they're going to throw every single thing they have at getting Giannis. Um, so you sign Jay, you, you don't really have as much there. These two guys, you take care of this season, you get you decline the team options, you pick up Giannis, sign them back cheaper. I mean, that's what we're going to do with Drogic and Myers-Leonard. You look at these front-loaded contracts, um, we'll team option them next year, and they'll sign back for, I would expect, very close to vet minimums. Um just to take on this huge Giannis and I think another player. Um so we'll see. Jacob, what's your take? Uh I love
2: the Metal Hark signing, especially. Avery Bradley's great. And considering he's been in the league since Dinosaurs existed, he's only thirty years old. And he's twenty nine. Okay. Thank you. He has not turned thirty for three days. <laughs> okay. That's huge. I-, I apologize. That's huge. I apologize. He's he's still <laughs> in his quote unquote athletical prime. So you can expand on him and hopefully he can get back the offensive capabilities he had for some of those years in Boston. And then Mark Harkless is a, a
0: great shooter, as you said. Mm-hmm. now and I think if Miami can get twelve to fifteen points a day out of those two that's really all they want them there for. I think we're looking at um, big scoring year for Bam, Jimmy, Tyler, Drogic, Duncan. Like, I think that will be the emphasis of the offense. So, I think if, especially Harkley or Harkley, Harkless, um, I think he's brought on solely for the defense. I don't think we're going to look to him for a scoring role. And basically, we're just, we're losing Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill and replacing them with Mo Harkless and Avery Bradley. I, Mo Harkless is 27. Like I said, Bradley's about to be 30 years old, both significantly younger than Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder. Um, while Crowder played a significant role last year, I think this, this is probably better for the future direction of the team. So again, Jay Crowder, he went to the Suns. I think it's another great pickup for the Suns. They've absolutely killed it this offseason. season. Um, so I, I'll go to Jacob to start this time. Good deal, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if there's anybody other than
2: Suns haters that say that Jay Crowder isn't a great signing for them, considering they also have Devin Booker and CP3 who aren't obviously aren't bad playmakers. And Jay Crowder is one of the best corner three point shooters in the league, if not the best mm-hmm. corner three point shooter. And yeah, drawing that much attention out of those two, Jay will get
0: two or three more eight shots a game. And he doesn't care about that, which I think is the greatest thing about him. He'll just go out there. He's kind of like the the ultra-sophisticated Marcus Smart, less athletic, but is just out there to do the dirty, ugly work um, and does it well. And when his number's called and he's shooting 10, 11, 12 times for a game, then he does it and as we saw last season he was hitting the three he was being a, a decent playmaker he rebounded well played great defense will good signing yeah i think
1: signing. it's a great sign i think if you look at phoenix i think their one obvious need right now is a good three to four and i think with mikhail bridges not really panning out to what they expected him to be i think crowd is a great signing and i think he can teach mikhail bridges and hopefully you know get him to his fullest potential well, as well as signing a uh, Sarich back today, which I think is huge too. So that really solidifies. Mm-hmm. So to I was going to touch
0: final, on. Like. Yeah. And, and I'll let you expand on that more. I was going to touch on it. Um, they got Sarich back and I, I truly, I know that we have like the WVU bias in this podcast, but I think Javon Carter has proven himself as a very valuable NBA player. I was praying Miami could make some kind of move for him. Um, they they re-signed him back to a very team-friendly deal. I think both of those guys are huge for them going forward. Um, so I mean, yeah, the the Suns have arguably arguably had one of the best off seasons so far this year. Uh, and we'll get kind of more into a, a weirder string of people here. Um, Dwight Howard to Philly. Will give me your impression. Yeah, this
1: obviously doesn't. Uh help their uh, biggest need, which is shooting. But I feel like the way they've been crafting their team, this that's not really their biggest need anymore. I think Dwight Howard's a great signing, and I think ultimately Embiid is better right now, but I think Dwight could really help Embiid just straight up on mm-hmm. how to be a veteran, how to lead a team, stuff like that, as he obviously did in Orlando. So I think getting him on a somewhat cheap deal as well, I think that's really good for them, and I think it'll help a lot this season. Jake, briefly, Dwight
0: to Philly,
2: good, bad, awkward yeah i i think it's it's good but it's also awkward again like well said it doesn't address their biggest need in shooting but also like he said they did uh attack that issue well mm-hmm. um and i believe next offseason
0: will be when we really see philly improve yeah. deeply yeah I, I think so too um well we can touch on this now before we get to some of these other names um not that I think it has any validity to it, or that it really ensues anything. Um, ben Simmons' sister—I don't know if you've, either of you have seen this. Ben Simmons' sister today, um, about 30 minutes ago, tweeted and said, "Can't wait for this big trade news on Tuesday." Dot. 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 Um, <laughs> what, what do you? What do we read into that? Do you think she's just blowing smoke for Twitter clout? or do you, do you think Ben Simmons is on the move? What, what well, my uh,
1: my immediate thought is, if it's not just blowing smoke. Simmons to Houston and other people for Harden in a sort of way mm-hmm. that's my mm-hmm. immediate thought but I have a feeling that's not going to happen I just feel like if that was to happen there would be more speculation of other than uh, Ben Simmons' sister so far but uh, uh-huh. yeah there would yeah, be some rumor. but I mean if that is what's going to happen I would love that to happen I would love to see that swap and Houston getting a bunch of assets along with it but uh, yeah, I feel like that is not 100% true
0: yeah, well, and I I just salivate over the thought of the entertaining duo of Russell Westbrook yeah, and I mean, Ben Simmons shooting
1: galore. Um,
2: um, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might be the best
2: three point shooting combination we've seen ever. Um, mm-hmm. I I'd like to see a duo three point contest between Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook versus Steph Curry and Clay.
0: Uh, well, Russ would win because he would make one and Ben Simmons yeah. just wouldn't shoot. Yeah. Me. Uh, I, I see. <laughs> so, so back to our list of um, moves I, Aaron Baines to Toronto. Love it. I love it. Yeah, I do. I think he's right now, he's just Mark Gasol, but better. Obviously, Gasol's career is much, much better. Um, but at this current moment, Gasol's a little bit older. You can see he's lost a lot of. Um, that athleticism, that speed. I mean, not that he was ever known for being a, a killer, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Baines just seems better. Um, you love it. Jacob, same. Like it. Hate yeah, it. I, I love it. I think he fits the Toronto mold
2: well. And, I mean, he obviously doesn't have the name. Gasol has, but I, I just think
0: he is like a Gasol copy, almost. mm mm-hmm. and uh, He's just like... Um, Toronto's just kind of cycled through these monstrous strong seven foot white guys um Valanchunas and, and <laughs> Gasol and now they've got Baines will tell me your thoughts Tristan Thompson like I mean
1: they need to address center I think Tristan Thompson isn't a superstar but I think he is a big improvement over Tice so I think that's going to help Boston especially mm-hmm. with the uh two-year 19 million dollar deal they got him on That's pretty good for them
0: yeah I, I think it's great um I do, and we'll, we'll get into it more because we'll bring up the name later on. I do think they botched some <laughs> other deals for some other big guys. Um, Jacob, what do you think is next for Hassan Whiteside? Because as a Heat fan, it's really kind of, um, it, it's hard to give my opinion because here's my thing with Whiteside. He was never a bad player, but he was quickly risen, to a star level status. He's not a star anymore, but at the moment that we gave him that contract, he looked to be a star. He was looked to as the leader on this team. And I don't think he knew how to carry himself and the money was too much. You get Hassan Whiteside on a three to $7 million a year contract. And he's very much worth that money in my opinion. So the question is, is he worth that to you? Where do you think he ends up? Um,
2: I I think he'll end up anywhere where a team has a designated star alpha leader, where <laughs> he's just going to be he's going to fit well. I I don't, I don't think he'll end up anywhere significant. He'll probably be in a middle of the pack team where he just he plays his role. Um, I think his days of being a locker room cancer are over. I don't think he's still a great locker room guy. Like I said, he'll end up somewhere where if he becomes a guy where he's an issue, he'll be shut up really
0: fast. Mm -hmm. Will, are you of the same opinion? um, What do you
1: think? Maybe this is just a bias towards uh, my team, but I could really see the Hornets doing something along the lines of like a sign and trade involving Rozier or Zeller to get Whiteside. As long as you don't give him a mm-hmm. bunch of money and you get a friendly deal and you're getting rid of either Zeller or Azir's contract, I think he could fit great with the Hornets. I think we're not trying to contend mm-hmm. for anything big right now, but making the playoffs with someone who has that experience, along with Hayward now, which we'll t- touch on later, but I think that could be good for us.
0: Yeah, and he's with minutes is a fairly consistent, like 12 to 14 mm-hmm. point guy, 9 to 12 rebound, like one to two blocks. Like he. He can give you what you want from him. He's kind of like Roy Hibbert at this point. Um, So we'll see. I I don't hate Whiteside. Um, He never should have gotten the contract that he gotten. But it it is what it is. Now, this is more of a cluster of names again. Carmelo Anthony, Covington, Derrick Jones Jr., Harry Giles, um, all going to Portland. Huge. Will what, I what like do you them think? all? I
1: think Harry Giles. I think I believe he's twenty three. Correct me if I'm wrong. Twenty three. You got mm-hmm. you get him on a huge deal. He's got it. incredible potential. He was supposed to be huge coming out of high school, going into college. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., you, a high flyer. Uh, Portland doesn't have one of those really. And then Robert Covington, mm-hmm. a perfect three and D guy for uh, Portland, going alongside uh, Dame and CJ. I think all of that's great. And Carmelo. He was doing good in the playoffs. He he had one game against, I believe, uh, L.A. in the first round where he was just knocking down mid-range jumpers for a whole quarter, it seemed like. So he could bring great leadership and can give you a bucket every now and then. So I think
0: I like all those moves. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and Harry Giles is 22. Uh, he'll turn 23 in April. Jacob, briefly, same opinion. Portland's doing great or... You don't think they're as good as other people would Uh, say? I
2: I like all the signings.
0: I'm not the biggest Melo fan,
2: but he was doing what no one thought he could do anymore in Portland in the playoffs. Um, I'm not, again, not the biggest Melo fan, but he just, he he thrives with
0: Mm -hmm. other star players to take attention off of him and then well and I think when Carmelo has finally accepted this role and you said other star players, Carmelo's not a star okay. player. Yeah, but know I mean. yeah I knew what you meant, I just think some people still are enamored <laughs> with this idea of Carmelo the the superstar but I, I think that's important to say because I think Carmelo has finally accepted that himself and he says like I need to defer to CJ McCollum and to Dane And I can be the third option when I'm hot and they are not hitting and they need something. I can try to force my hand. And I think that will carry him for a few more years in the league. Um, Now going on to maybe my favorite, um, for various reasons, Gordon Hayward to the Hornets. Will, you're a Hornets fan. I don't think it's bad. Um, They do have a history of taking risky contracts <laughs> yep. and it not working out. But what My do, immediate
1: what do you think? reaction was, almost brought me to tears, actually. I think $30 million a year for a 30-year-old Gordon <laughs> Hayward who hasn't shown that superstar potential in four or five years is stupid. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the dumbest moves you could have done, especially when next offseason is looking like one of the greatest free agent classes of all time. But with that being said, mm-hmm. if you can take a chance and get a chance at having that superstar Gordon Hayward and get your younger guy's playoff experience, get our name out there more than it already is, I think it could be a great signing if he pans out.
0: Yeah. And, well, and like, kudos and hats off, like, a round of applause yeah. to Gordon Hayward's agent. His agent has flipped one all-star appearance into two, like, $100 million yeah, I, contracts. I thought declining
1: that player option so, was one of the dumbest moves of all time. I didn't think he'd get anywhere near that, but...
0: yeah. Well, it's, yep. you can always count on Charlotte. <laughs> Jacob, what do you um, think? Good signing, bad signing? I don't
2: hate the signing. I just hate the contract. And let it be known that though the contract says $30 million a year, waiving Batum costs them another $9 million. Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. practically playing, paying a 30-year-old G- Gordon Hayward with one all-star appearance and half of a leg left. $39 million a but year. But
1: I would have paid upwards of $20 yes. million a year to get rid of Nick Batum. I'm sorry if any Nick Batum fans are listening to yeah. you this, but that man is, in my eyes, be devil. I cannot stand him. He has taken up $20 million a year in Charlotte for the past what seems like ever. And it is so nice that I can watch Charlotte Hornets game and not have to worry about Nick Batum giving us four points for $20 million a year.
0: He should be tried on a federal level for robbery <laughs> for what he did to Charlotte. <laughs> No, it was armed
2: robbery. It's not even just, like, attempted robbery. No, because he'd have to be a shooter (laughs) for armed robbery.
1: He cannot hit the (laughs) broadside of a barn. He's off.
2: And he's got the the accuracy of a stormtrooper out here.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, my, my favorite part of the Hayward saga is how scared I was. That Boston was going to pull off Miles Turner because I think yeah, that yeah, takes that's, them the That's my only oh. issue with the Tristan Thompson deal is
2: that they passed up on young, athletic Miles Turner who isn't bad offense and is getting a shot for yeah. He's a stretch shot. guy
1: for Tristan Thompson. Just it, it was be too good man. to be true, and yeah. he just he couldn't do
0: it. <laughs> what is like? My thing with, and I think we talked about this um, on the episode recapping the draft, Um, we we compared Danny Ainge and Sam Presti to where, like, Presti has compiled all these draft picks, and what's he going to do with them? Is he going to fall flat like Danny Ainge, where Danny Ainge has this master plan and has all these draft picks, and then, like, (laughs) stops. Yeah. what what he he acquired all this talent really quick age has put together a great team boston has drafted really well but like there's been multiple times over the last two years where it feels like boston has the assets to put this team over the top and make them almost title favorites and they just haven't done it and I i think this is another example where they've screwed up big time i i don't know um so now, kind of going through all those names, we'll do a couple little things. Um, least favorite signing, Jacob. Who is of the kind of guys we've covered, or someone we haven't even mentioned? Who? What do you think is the
2: your least favorite um, signing? I mean, what I just talked about, Tristan Thompson, not because he doesn't fit well in Boston, but because they passed up on the chance at Miles Turner, and let it be known, mm-hmm. the the final thoughts for Boston was that maybe they could get T. J. Warren instead of turner out of indiana for gordon hayward. Yeah, the
0: the worst version of um, Jason Tatum will what what's your least favorite signing? What do you think's the weirdest, um, like the I worst think signing?
1: Jeremy Grant getting 20 million a year from Detroit when they could have re-signed Christian Wood is going to haunt them for many years to come. I feel like that is an awful signing.
0: <laughs> oh, cuz it can get worse in yeah, Detroit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, let it be, let, let's just say, let's let's summarize Detroit's offseason as a whole. What did they sign, 37 big men? Yeah, Plumlee. The $10 million year contract.
1: they have Blake Griffin on like $40 million a year. It's, but I do like the draft pick. I like Killian Hayes. Oh, it's awesome. Other than that, not much to say.
0: Now, this is something I just discovered, um, like a side note, kind of backtracking to Gordon Hayward. Um, Gordon Hayward has a daughter. Her oh, name is maybe Charlotte. Maybe had
1: a little bit of influence mm-hmm. in that. Gordon <laughs> into Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte and Charlotte.
0: Um, I don't know the story behind that, but I just discovered that. Which I saw this on places. Twitter the other
2: day. Um, this is actually the second attempt at getting Gordon Hayward yeah, I saw that. to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I would
1: have loved it a lot more if it yeah. when he was coming out of Utah, but hey. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> when, yeah, when three. he was on two legs instead uh, of one. <laughs> yeah. But hey, I like Gordon Hayward. I, I get it was... That, that's a tough place to play with Boston. There's a lot of ball sharing going on between Kimba... Yeah, maybe he thrives. Jalen and Jason, um, and then throw Gordon. Yeah, maybe he thrives. Maybe he comes out and averages 30. I, I, it could happen. I, I don't know. Um, what do you think is the most important signing? Which player is the most important? Not necessarily the best, but the most important. Will, all start with you. The most
1: important, I would... I don't want to take an obvious answer here, but either Harrell or Gasol to LA, I feel like that just gives them enough separation to where they are a clear title favorite now in four years to come. Not exactly with Gasol, but with Harrell now. I think that pushes them way over the top now, mm-hmm. and I really don't see who can contend with them anymore. Or maybe Ibaka to LA, yeah. the other LA. We'll are, uh... I think that's great too. Mm-hmm.
2: Jacob, what are you thinking? Most important uh, I'm signing. Just gonna pretty much be a carbon copy of will here either Ibaka to the clippers or harold to the lakers i like we stated earlier i love harold he's an energy player and when we need it i think he can step in as a great defensive player if we can get the effort out of him again to be that player
0: and now i'm going to go a little outside of the box on this one um I was thinking Robert Covington to Portland. Um, kind of one of those glue guys. One of the elite, um, kind of like take out the trash kind of dudes. And I think that's what Portland has been missing. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what he brings to them. What do you think Will is the weirdest fit? Um, I'm
1: going go to go back. Team. I hate to just keep digging at this, but Jeremy Grant to Detroit for $20 million a year. I I truly cannot wrap my head around that move whatsoever. I don't see a need for it. And certainly, I'm sure you could have gotten him for way less. I, I, I'm i doubting there's many teams out there offering Jeremy Grant that kind of deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think he was due for a, a pay. I didn't see that number coming. Jacob, what do you think? Weirdest contract in terms of fit or um, anything? All right, yeah. hate to beat
2: it, but... Christian Wood considering... Or not Christian Wood. Uh, Jeremy Grant considering what they paid for him when they could have, as we saw, gotten Christian Wood back for cheaper. And... Oh, yeah, well, I'd like to add another half one half 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 much too. too I And I'm I think... Can I just give a shout-out? We gave a shout-out to Gordon Hayward's agent.
0: Give a shout-out yeah, to Jeremy yep, Grant's yeah. agent this time. Hey, I, I'm gonna... I, I'm actually gonna oppose to that because I think... Grant earned it. I mean, I do think that on a a good team, he wasn't getting that money and Detroit's giving him the bag just to have somebody. But I don't think that number is extremely high. I think it's high. I like Grant and I think he's going to put up huge numbers in Detroit. They're not going to be good, but I think he has a chance to put up yeah, the numbers um, well. You got another it a name
1: to I just don't see the need for it. I just, I, heck I yeah! Really cannot see a point after drafting uh, Nico Mannion and having Steph. I,
2: well, they may trade. Yeah, I don't that, know why you know. would would keep Steph when you have. That, yeah. yeah, you get Brad Watermaker. Yeah, if you get Brad Steph. Watermaker, why do you even need a team? You just put yeah. Brad. Let him go one v five. Maybe you guys yeah, have with that, but it just okay. isn't really uh, sitting right with me.
1: <laughs>
0: no. It... Yeah, it's weird. Like it is one of those not like a. Bad There's no feed, need. But you're just like, why did that? Happen? Yeah, you could have like, yeah. You don't
2: need, I don't need anybody. Another player for even cheaper if you were just thinking you needed somebody. But I don't think Brad was even the
0: best option at the time when they signed. I doubt him he was for expecting anybody to pay card. him anyway. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> no, if if you got some dude calling me with a contract to move from Boston, Massachusetts yeah. to. California, I'm going to do it mm. nine times out of ten. So, now, Jacob said a name that is the answer to my next question. Um, Christian Wood, best. best contract. I mean, I, that's an absolute steal for me. I'm, I'm not sure there's... To me, that stands out as the most obvious answer. Jacob, what do you think? Best contract? Um, Who um, is it?
2: Christian Wood or Harold or Ivanka. I mean, getting... The cheap, cheap deals on either of those players, especially Montrez coming off the season he had again, to get him for nine million dollars a year, nine and a half.
0: I, yeah, they're all about the same. Well, no, I, I actually misspoke. I forgot the Christian Wood um, numbers came out a little bit differently than originally reported, but still, I mean, a great uh, contract. I will, will who you have? I won't
1: bet. go that. I'll go. Uh what uh, Atlanta paid for Gallinari about three years, $61 million. I really like that. I think that's a great deal, especially with what the uh, four, three and four position market was looking like with Jeremy Grant and uh, Joe Harris. I think getting Gallinari for that kind of deal is great, though.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, kind of transitioning into the end of this, um, what trades in the next coming days, weeks? Um, I'm not saying like small player trades. Do, do we have any massive um, bombs coming in the next couple of days to weeks? Will, I'll start with you again. I'd love do you think to anything's see Russ coming? to
1: New York. I would absolutely love to see Westbrook get traded to me too. the Knicks. That gives the Knicks must-watch TV, a, and it gives the Thunder too. even more assets. So I think that is just the ultimate trade that I would love to see happen.
2: I want
0: to I wanna see Russ averaging 50, 20, and 20 yeah, in
2: exactly. New York.
0: Oh, and I'll, I'll one up that. I want Russ to get traded to New York. I also want the Knicks oh, yeah. to sign. That's kind like, that'd, yeah, that'd be an beautiful.
2: I also, want, I also want oh, New yeah. York to trade for Carmelo Anthony so I can see Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony fist fight over. Call Rudolph. me
1: crazy. If you roll out Westbrook, oh, Barrett, yeah. Toppin, Whiteside, and whoever you want to play at the three, that might make an eight
0: seed in the East. Mitchell Robinson. Now that
1: East looks half the time, that just might get an eight seed.
0: Yeah, because there ain't no stopping... It'd be the, the most top. dysfunctional team ever. <laughs> yeah, well, because you said that... Okay. <laughs> to be Had to make um, the, the <laughs> top in reference. I apologize. <laughs> what team has elevated their status the most? So, like... From basement to fringe playoff team or from fringe playoff team to playoff team, playoff team to contender. What team do you think has made the biggest jump? Not necessarily into contention, but can even be from the basement of the conference to barely making uh, the playoffs. Phoenix, I will. I love the Chris
1: Paul trade. Resign Javon. You draft Jalen Smith, who could be a stretch four if you really need him to, and you sign Jay Crowder. And you re-sign Sarge. I don't mm-hmm. think they made one bad move this whole offseason. I think they just boosted themselves into the playoffs in the West.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree, Jacob. Um, who do you
2: think? I've got... Uh, actually, I couldn't pick in between the Suns, the Hawks, and we've been really quiet about them, but the Mavericks mm-hmm. have had mm-hmm. a very... Mm-hmm. Amazing off season, and I think they are really going to be a
0: scary team in the West yeah. next
2: season. Not that they've made huge, trips. yeah, but do
0: you think Dallas has necessarily? Because in my mind, Dallas is already a contender, so did their move moves make them to a favorite? I, I don't, don't know, know if though. they I were a they, contender. And, I mean,
2: especially, I mean, they dropped to a seven seed in the playoffs last season after being. How high yeah, they Yeah, but were that, that they series were ever,
1: was a lot I closer. Contender. That series was a very close series. If, I Was it this first or second yeah, game Person I got ejected? I think that changed a lot. I think that series was very close.
0: Yeah. Um, and I will give my two cents on this. I mean, I, I just think Portland has just really done incredible things. Um, they're going to be healthy next year they're adding athletic defenders um, and youth I just think they because to me Portland for the last couple years has not been a contender they've been kind of one of those purgatory playoff teams where like you're very you're good you're going to make the playoffs and you, you're going to fight to make it to the second round but you're kind mm-hmm. of the little brother and you're never going to make it there I don't see the Trailblazers as a little brother anymore um, I have Portland Right up there in the mix, I don't see next the season. Brother, I, see um, I actually
2: middle brother. I don't think they're 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 good enough to make it deep in the playoffs. I just don't know
0: if they're good enough to take the the cake. I think, and and we'll touch on this more in a future podcast. Whoa. I think Portland's the two seed next year. I don't master. know. If oh, I don't know bomb. if I can give them that. I I don't know. Yeah. I I, I said it. I mean, I need time to reflect on that, but I, I feel confident. I see with them it. as a force. Um, so I, I mean, we. Well, and I see okay. you was wrong, but that's fine. So we didn't really prep for this. Um, is there a team this off season that has drastically decreased their chances of making the playoffs or winning the championship? What team do you think has really under? Uh, underperformed in the last couple days. Will, I'll um, start with you. I know we didn't really prep Yeah, if I for had this, to
1: give but... one immediately, not like, this might have been a fringe playoff team, just because of being in the East, but Detroit really screwed up anything they had going for them. If you could have kept Wood, and you draft Killian, mm-hmm. and you have Blake if he's healthy, and you have Kennard, I think that could give you a nine seed, maybe fighting for a playoff spot, but they have just really screwed it up this offseason, I feel like. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Jacob. Do you have a name? Um, off the top I don't. Of your head? I don't. This team did what they wanted to do in the off season, but considering they were a playoff team last year, <laughs> considering that's what this topic is about is teams that sank the Thunder. I mean, they're going to be one of the ugliest teams in basketball next year. Yeah, but that's
0: exactly what they want. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think a team that like and this is what they do all the time. They float under the radar all the time, um, the Orlando Magic. They, they're they always one of those fringe teams, the 7-8 seed kind of team. Um, they sat back and lost DJ Augustine, who to most teams isn't much, but to Orlando was a, a pretty big piece to their playoff team, and watched Atlanta get significantly better, and Orlando really didn't do anything. Um, so, I, I actually don't think Orlando makes the playoffs next year unless one of their young guys. And I think they're really
2: just starting to be like, our core isn't enough. And unless
0: we luck out and make a huge trade, and well, I've got bad news for Orlando because they're dangerously close to Charlotte Hornet territory where they win 30 to 35 games a year, don't make the playoffs, and have to pray Charlotte that the lottery system gets them a high party. pick. That's um, favorite thing to do. <laughs> yes, I don't know They, they might have like a curse that um, they never
2: Can get more than Like 37 wins In a season again There might be Um A conspiracy theory there you No know, you might want to Like look and find out Well it just Lavellos. Lavellos. Yeah Lamelo gets in Their so 38th yeah. win
0: On this season
2: Breaks the curse Yeah
0: Well that's That's basically it I want to touch on One more just like Funny thing Um That came out today And then that'll be it Um the Morris twins in <laughs> LA and LA. Um, one of them got a vet minimum contract. Yeah, the other got years, 64 a million. Yeah, 4 $64 year or 64 million dollars million. contract. Well, and I know Jacob knows this, but Will, you don't know this. They actually share a joint bank account. So wow. they split all of that money. <laughs> if I'm Marquise,
1: I'm coming yeah. out of the league. I'm tired of putting my body through what it has to go to. I'm just leeching off Marcus's money for the rest of
0: my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that would definitely irk me. Now, a lot of people said... And this is like a conspiracy theory. Um Mark and I always get them backwards. The Lakers Morris twin. Markeith was did this dirty and screwed over his brother and the Clippers because the Clippers were gonna make the same contract for Marcus and marquise give Markeith a minimum, knowing that they share a bank account and just front load Markee or Marcus's because um they won't take as big a tax hit because he was already on the roster the year previously. And the Lakers' Morris brother said like yes verbally to them. They went through with that contract and then backed out to screw them over on cap space and then signed minimum with the Lakers. Now, I don't know if that's true, but that would be a hysterical double agent moment if he did all that just to split the money with his brother anyway. Well, they've shared that account since they played in Phoenix together for...
2: I think it was a season or even half a
0: season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I'd be mad. But hey, at the end of the day, when you've got that much money, I'm not mm-hmm. sure you can be mad about the money. Um, will, Jacob, thank you again. We will be getting back on the pod later this week to hopefully start our division by division preview. As hey, kind less of, than a uh,
1: month away, baby. Less than a season. Month We're away. less
0: than a month away now. Yeah. Yes, so thank you again, Jacob. Will, thank you. Stay tuned for kind of the outro to this episode. Peace. Um, and just have a Peace. great night. Thank you guys again for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. As I alluded to at the end of the segment, we will be going division by division through the nba we are going to be starting with the atlantic division which includes the raptors Celtics, 76ers nets and Knicks. we will be giving our prediction of what order those teams finish in who is a contender who is a pretender and who is the, going to be the mvp of that specific division it's going to be a lot of fun there will be a lot of hot takes so stay tuned for later on the week thank you guys again have a good night